This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True, True Crime, Crime New England. England. What's up, everybody? I don't care where you started listening to this podcast. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. It's possible that you are listening to us because you were a patient of mine and I heard you talking about something that was even mildly related to true crime and I said isn't that funny I have a podcast (laughs) or you could be any of the probably like six guys from tinder that I said hey here's something quirky about me I have a podcast so if you're any of those people hi (laughs) a fun fact about me is (laughs) I co-host a true crime podcast every time that's literally in my bio on tinder oh my god tune in wherever you like to listen Uh (laughs) uh-huh It, it really gets the attention. That is so funny. Because it's quirky. I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, what's up, everyone? Hi. <laughs> How's it going, Katie? It's going okay. How's yeah. it going, Liz? Day by day. Day by at this day. point. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. You know? Yep. And you got me the greatest presents. Oh, I'm glad you like them. I was them. so excited. I'm so glad you like them. Guys, she got me literally like it's like a book. And it's every single day of the year has a, some detail about something that happened in the serial killer true crime community. Mm-hmm. <gasps> my heart. So, of course, we immediately looked up today's crime, my birthday, and your birthday. Yeah, you know, like, what happened on our birthdays? It was very cool. So fun. And I, she also gave me um, three pens that are in the shape of bones. So cool. I'm going to bring them to work and freak out my patients. Yes. So and exciting. Then she also got me this candle <laughs> that... I don't even remember the rhyme off my top of my head, but... What does it say? It was like, oh, our friendship is like... This candle? If you forget if you forget about me, I'll burn your fucking house down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it smells really good, too. Oh, so good, good. No, that's a plus. So exciting. I love it. So, oh, it was great. I'm, like, so excited. I'm just pumped. It's great. That's the first birthday gift I've received so far. Yeah, good. And I'm pumped because... I just love the joy it brings me <laughs> to receive gifts. <laughs> oh, it's great. Anywho, real quick, guys. When we're recording this, um, yesterday there was an update. Yes. There was a breaking news update that kind of turned out to be a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what happened is after a month of the park where Brian Laundry was assumed to be hiding... Um, A month after it had been closed, you know, so they could search, it reopened. And one day after it reopened, Brian Dirty Laundry's parents found his belongings. So convenient. A backpack and a notebook. And those were near-ish human remains. Here's my question. Why does, after a month of fucking FBI professional teams 
searching this park, mm-hmm. like, inch by inch, not find the shit. And all of a sudden, his parents are like, let's take a trip down to this park. Yeah, let's go for a, a nice stroll. A stroll. Something like, we love to do. Off. Yeah. And then they find all this stuff. I would be not surprised if they planted it there. That's like, what I'm hey. saying. Yeah. But the human remains. Now, that's weird. Now, that's a little... Yeah. Now, they haven't officially said whose remains they are, but do you think they're his? I'm telling you right now, if they're his... Lord have mercy. Because yeah. we need those fucking I'll, I'll freak the fuck answers. out. I will freak the fuck out. Me too. That would be insane. I feel like his asshole parents were like, Oh my god, look what we found. This looks like our son's stuff. And the FBI is like, oh my god, we covered that area four times. How mm-hmm. did that mm-hmm. how that happen? Yeah, right. Like, what the fuck? It's so suspicious. I don't get it. And I what's really... in that notebook? That's what I'm saying. Is it stuff they forged? Yes. Probably. Right. And it probably is, like, dated on the days that Gabby died. And it's like, today, Gabby and I picked flowers. <laughs> yeah, like, what? And then the next day, it's like... Gabby's missing. I don't know where she went. Oh, no. I'm just going to head home back to my family, hoping she left and hitchhiked home. Like, come on now. Fuck out of here. (laughs) He's got to be. I'm scared to death, literally, that he's Mm -hmm. dead. Yep. I... And it's so frustrating because the FBI were like, we're holding a press conference at 4.30. And they did. And it was about two minutes long. And they said... Please respect our privacy as we are investigating. Everyone is working so hard. And he spent like a minute and a half saying how much he was grateful for the team working so hard. You needed a press conference for that? Really? After a month of this douchebag being missing? I can't. Like <laughs> Something doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up. That's what I'm saying. It's so fucked. I can't even deal with that shit. No. And they're probably not going to release the identity of the remains for a little while. Oh my god, of course. So we might be back to you guys with another update. Oh my god. Whatever it may be. No matter what it is, it's going to be a sad update because if he's he's dead, um, what's the opposite of (laughs) R.I.P.? Would it just be like rest in... (laughs) Eternal hellfire. (laughs) (laughs) That would be too kind, I think. (laughs) But if it's not him, what the fuck? Right, then who the fuck? And why weren't they found the first time? Mm -hmm. Now that brings to the question, like, what did these parents bring to this site where they found the book and the backpack? Did they bring human remains? Like, what the fuck? I have so many many questions. questions. I think it'll end with the parents being apprehended somehow. For sure. Because they're suspicious as fuck. For sure. Just another day in the true crime community. Yep. It's crazy. And sad. It is sad. Anyway. Speaking of sad. Oh. (laughs) Well, the case we have today. As you can tell by the title of our episode, it's, I mean, it's sad that these people died. Yes. However, this is a classic. Oh my god, we had to finish off our spooky Halloween, October Halloween extravaganza. (laughs) (laughs) TM. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> trademarked True Crime New England, <laughs> with a bang, with a very iconic Halloween case that happens in New England. Yeah, it's, it's one of our most famous cases. Absolutely, and it is so well known. So exciting. And as I've said, every week leading up to this spooky October party of excitement and scariness, <laughs> TM, 
you have planned this from the beginning, and I think this case just rounds it out so perfectly. Thank you. Classic. So good. good. Classic. And unlike the last three Mm -hmm. of our October party exclusive, creepy, uh, spooky... (laughs) VIP. (laughs) Exactly. TM. Um... The, this one doesn't have anything to do with paranormal. Right. There's no demons. There's no um, possession. There's no right. witches. But it's just as fucking good. Yes. So without further ado, today we will be covering the case of Lizzie, Lizzie Borden. I'm so excited. So excited. And per usual, let's just get into it. Yes, please. And let's start off with our sources. As always, I ask you, Katie, please. As always, I tell you, Liz, (laughs) Wikipedia. For sure. The Bible. (laughs) The Bible. Um, History.com. Great. Biography.com. And LizzieBorden.com. She has her own website. She has her own website. And it's a website for... Um, like house tours for the right. bed and breakfast that her house is turned into. Mm-hmm. Super cool. That's a lot of good information, some yeah. good stories and anecdotes, and yeah, very cool. Sweet. Awesome. Um, I have Wikipedia again. We should honestly be sponsored by them, I swear. Yes. We talk about them every episode. Yeah. Without fail. Um, donate to Wikipedia, you yes, guys. Seriously. Please. They don't ask for nothing. They do need some cash money to keep the information flowing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so Wikipedia, um, the Smithsonian, famoustrials.com, um, something on this website called Time Toast. I don't oh, okay. I love that name. And then um, Lizzie Borden Chronologies. And then, of course, My Favorite Murder did an episode um, on Lizzie Borden about a year ago now. Um, it was a live show from 2018 when they um, were touring in Boston. So, cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So I listened to that. Um, Great info, and yeah, let's get started. Let's fucking get into it. So Lizzie Andrew Borden was born on July 19th, 1860. Before I even continue any further, her middle name was Andrew. I guess that was a thing back in the day where the father would have his first name mm-hmm. be the children's middle name. Interesting. So Lizzie's father was named Andrew. Andrew Borden. Sure. Yes. Interesting. Okay. It's very strange. But... Yeah. So her father was Andrew Borden and he was married to Sarah Borden. And together they had Emma Borden, who is Lizzie's older sister, and Lizzie. But Lizzie's mother died when she was just three years old. Mm-hmm. There was also another child named Alice and she was... Aww born before Lizzie, but she passed away at just a year old from hydrocephalus. That's sad. So it was very, very sad for the family. Yeah, that's awful. I didn't know that. Um, Not too long after Sarah Borden died, Andrew remarried, and now the girls had a stepmother, Abby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Abby Durfee Gray was her name, and right off the bat, the girls did not like her. In fact, through their entire childhood and adulthood, they never called her mom or even Abby. They called her Mrs. Borden. Yeah, and they did that out of spite. They did that on purpose, out of spite, because it really upset her. Mm. She was like, call me stepmother, at least call me Abby. Yeah. They'd be like, okay, Mrs. Borden, like, so, just to get under (laughs) her skin. Yeah. So there was some conflict. Clearly that worked, because I think I'd be pissed, too. 
It's like fake respect. It's very disrespectful. Yeah, that's so that's so rude. Um, Andrew, though, he seemed to have an okay relationship with his daughters, mm-hmm. at least for the most part. He was a furniture manufacturer um, and a salesman, and that's where he got most of his wealth because he did very well. Um, he actually went on to become a successful property developer, which is cool. He also, and just to add on to his list of things besides being a dad first, husband second. <laughs> he was also um, the director of several textile mills, which of course back then was big. Huge. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. He was wealthy. He was well off. Um, and you'll never guess this, but he was the president of a union savings bank and the director of Durfee Safe Deposit and Trust Company. Now, Durfee was Abby's maiden name. Yes. So, clearly he worked his way into the uh, family-in-law's business. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Little little skeevy. Little skeevy. Um, so, as the girls got older, they grew to argue with their father about finances because mm-hmm. he made some pretty good money. Yeah. I mean, those credentials, all the businesses he's doing, the textile mills, mm-hmm. he's making bank. Oh, yeah. But he was actually very cheap and very frugal. So frugal. Their house did not have indoor plumbing. Which, that was a thing back then. That was a thing back then. Yeah. And for a wealthy family, they did not live in a wealthy area, even mm-hmm. though they could easily afford it. Yeah. So the girls are like, what the fuck are you spending your money on? Oh, wait, it's our bitch-ass stepmom. Right. So this was some serious cause for conflict. It really didn't help with the girls' relationship with their stepmom. Right. At all. Right. And... I can't say I blame them so much because if I had to go to the bathroom in an outhouse when indoor plumbing was readily available to yes. me, I would also be kind of upset. Oh, I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. And the worst part from what I found was that um, Andrew was giving property and loans and money to a lot of Abby's family members, yes. but he wasn't giving anything to his daughters, mm-hmm. which is kind of um, shitty. I would hate that too. Right. They're like, oh, you bought Abby's sister's mother's cousin's dog walker a house? Yeah. Um, why can't we get an apartment? Because mm-hmm. at this time, they were grown. Right. They were much, much older now. That had, This had been years. This has been yeah. going on for years and years and years. Yeah. So they're like, why are we still living under your roof with no plumbing? <laughs> right. And all these people are getting houses. Kind of ridiculous. When you have the means. Oh, I'd be pissed. I would be too. Fair enough. Um... Despite this, you know, Lizzie and Emma both remained unmarried, Mm -hmm. childless, and in the Borden home. They were avid members of the Central Congregational Church, where uh, Lizzie taught Sunday school. They attended church pretty much all the time, you know, events, potlucks, if they did potlucks back then. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, everything that churches do. Yeah. Volunteering, I'm sure, lots of stuff. Um, They were just, you know, huge on that. Which is great. That was something they uh, they did and enjoyed and spent their time doing. Um, so Lizzie was pretty cool. She campaigned for the prohibition with the Women's Christian Temperance Union. She was known for standing up for her beliefs and standing up for what she believed in. So she was kind of a bad bitch back then. Mm-hmm. Like, very much an advocate for what she believed in. And that was not very common in women in the 1890s, right. early 1900s. Ugh. Yeah, pretty unheard of. Yeah, people hated that. And we've talked about it oh, many in times. recent episodes, yes. especially... If you stood up for yourself before the year probably, like, I don't know, 2010, and you were a woman, forget it. I mean, even now, it's like, may I have a raise, please? My mm-hmm. male coworkers are making much more than me. Mm. They're like, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you gross woman. Take your boobs somewhere else. 
if you're not going to show us your boobs all the time, get out. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, so Anywho. That's, that's cool that she, she was a part of that. Yeah. She was, I mean, for all the things that we're about to talk about, she did do some okay things for sure her community. And I think standing up for her rights and stuff is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, another person who was living in the Borden home was Bridget Sullivan. But for some reason, I couldn't tell you why, they referred to her as Maggie. Yes. Is Maggie short for Bridget? I'm not really sure. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. But it's anyway. something with like an Irish, because Bridget was very Irish. She was yes. an Irish immigrant. Right. Um, housekeeper maid mm-hmm. type deal. And she was the only help that they had at the home. Yes. And again, they had the means to have much more help, but it's all they had fine whatever she was like 25 she was young mm-hmm. she was cool they got along you know relatively well um so she was kind of like a first-hand witness to a lot of things that went on inside the Borden home that maybe not a lot of people in the public thought um I guess it was known around town that Lizzie and Emma did not care for their stepmother so much yeah but they lived the civil life in the same home mm-hmm. essentially like they got by you know what they had to do. Now, Andrew and Lizzie and Emma, they had an okay relationship, but there were some aspects of it, especially in later in life, that kind of were like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, so Abby was really getting on the girl's nerves. So Lizzie was 32 at the time of the incident we'll talk about, and Emma was 41. And it was kind of unusual, as we talked about, for women, especially of this age and of this financial background, to not be married or have kids. Mm-hmm. So Abby was constantly making remarks to the girls. Why aren't you married? Why are you still here under this roof? You just want your dad's money. You should go marry and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. So the girls are like, um, fuck you, because you are literally for our dad's money, so you have no reason to talk. Mm-hmm. And the dad, Andrew, a.k.a. AJ, he really ticked off Lizzie. Mm-hmm. So Lizzie had a passion for brooding pigeons in their barn. Who among us? Which, that's pretty cool. It's a I think so. hobby. No, I, I think it's a very unique hobby. Yeah. As an animal lover myself, I mean, sure. Sure. If I came across an abandoned baby pigeon, you know, like hell, I would take care of that thing. Oh my God, of course. But- I'd be at PetSmart tomorrow <laughs> getting like a cage and all the food and yep. all toys. Oh yeah. I don't know. But she was obsessed with pigeons. Fine. They were like her pets. Yeah, and that's fine. And her they were in her barn. Yeah, her fine. passion in life. Yeah. So A.J. Borden was absolutely convinced that children were sneaking onto the property to hunt and kill the pigeons. Mm. So what did he decide to do but bludgeon and behead several of the pigeons with an axe? Mm-hmm. Weird. Weird. <laughs> now, it's so funny because I don't think I'd have the same reaction No. off the bat. No. No. So, obviously, this upset Lizzie. Oh, my God, of course. Because, I mean, it's kind of on the same grounds of, like, if you have, you live on a farm and you have, like, chickens Mm -hmm. or pigs, you know, eventually they might be slaughtered, but usually your family would keep your favorite one or, like, you wouldn't get it, you know. No, these were her pets, so it was upsetting. Like, ouch. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, (laughs) her pigeons. So sad. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, this made Lizzie go... What the fuck, Dad? I will never forgive you. Of course, that's speculation. That's what I'd do. <laughs> Dad, if you killed my pigeons, forget it. Forget it, bro. We're or over. That, yeah. <laughs> so, she was pissed. Another reason that they were pissed, and we just talked about this a little bit, 
was because um, their father had been gifting real estate, like whole ass real estate to Abby's family, but not them. Because they wanted, they did want to get out of there in retrospect. They wanted a home with indoor plumbing, yeah. running water, and a full staff of, you know, maids and housekeepers. That's what they wanted, and they could afford it. So why were they here? Yeah. Um, Abby's sister was actually gifted a whole ass house, so they demanded the rental property. And surprisingly enough, they purchased a rental property for just one whole dollar. Ooh. The real estate market was really stiff back then. <laughs> so they sold the property back to their dad for 5,000 bucks, which is equivalent to $144,000 in today's money. Holy shit. So they made bank. Yeah. Um, my question is, why didn't they use that to move out of their parents' house? True. Nope. Instead, they stayed. And a week before the murders, the whole house fell severely ill. Yeah. This was so fucking suspicious. Yeah. So they thought it was spoiled mutton, which is sheep, for those of you that don't know what mutton is. Um, There was some speculation that the family was poisoned. Yeah. And it was kind of a theory because A.J. Borden was not really liked by many in the town. Yeah. They thought he was a rich asshole. Oh. Well, it kind of sounds like he was. I agree. I would agree with that. (sighs) So, yeah, there was a whole conspiracy that the family was poisoned because A.J. wasn't well-liked. Yeah. But, yeah, very... Very intriguing. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. Fortunately enough for the family, I guess, they all survived. Like, they were okay. Um, it really could have been as simple as just food poisoning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't know. Um, but everyone survived. And then a week later... Well, let's get into it. Yeah. August 4th, 1892. All of the board and home that morning was eating breakfast. Um, Like I said earlier, they lived kind of civilly, so like, yes, they would sit down and eat breakfast, you know, together, but maybe they wouldn't talk, or, Mm -hmm. you know, just they were doing, like, their due diligence, essentially, as a family. Now, at this time, of course, it was Andrew, or AJ, um, his wife, Abby, and then Lizzie. Emma was not at home at this time. She was actually with a friend somewhere else. And then Maggie, the maid, and... They had a house guest, John Morse, who was, in fact, interestingly enough, Sarah Borden, their deceased mother, Mm -hmm. her brother. Yes. So he was staying in town, which is great. I'm glad that they got along. Yeah, the girl's uncle. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So he was staying, and they had plenty of room for him. They had a few guest rooms. So he was there. They were all eating breakfast. La-di-da. Normal day in the Borden household. Great. Cool. They were feeling better from when they were sick last week. Yes. So that's cool. Um... At around 8.48, which is so specific, yes. in the morning, John left to go to town for no other reason than to purchase a pair of oxen. Now, I can't tell you the last time I purchased a pair of oxen, but I remember <laughs> it was very expensive. Um, so that was, you know, that was typical. He intended on visiting his niece in Fall River, which was the town that they were in. Yes. Massachusetts, of course. And intended to be back to the Borden house by, like, noon, lunchtime, whatever. So... All right, that was cool. It was typical back then to leave to buy a pair of oxen in the morning. Apparently so. Typical. And they lived on, like, a farm, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she had a whole barn of pigeons, so... Just after 9 a.m., Andrew Borden left the house. Um, He normally went on morning walks, so that's what he was doing. It was not unusual for him. And that left Abby, Maggie, and Lizzie at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. You would think. I would think. You would think. So AJ came home from his walk about 
10.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. around there. Um, and he found the door jammed. And so when Bridget, a.k.a. Maggie, the maid, tried to get it open and it didn't budge, she was frustrated and she swore. Mm-hmm. And she heard Lizzie laughing at her from upstairs. What? So she was like, okay, weird. Noted. <clears throat> Um, Bridget then helped AJ get inside, and Lizzie came downstairs to help him get settled on the couch for a nap, and then Bridget went upstairs to take a nap herself because she still was feeling a little dizzy and lightheaded from the food poisoning or the actual poisoning. Still debated. But she still felt kind of crappy, so she was going to go upstairs and take a nap. Mm -hmm. This brings us to about 11.10 in the morning. Yeah. Bridget wakes up hearing Lizzie calling from downstairs Come quick, father's dead, somebody came in and killed him. He was found on the downstairs couch. He had been attacked, and he was dealt 11 blows to his head and his body, and one of his eyes was split (gasps) in half. Oh my god. So this indicated to investigators that he had been asleep at the time of the attack still. It's gross because his nose also had been cleanly cut off. Oh, Jesus Christ. So clearly whoever was um, hitting him just did not care. They wanted to cause as much facial damage. Yeah. And you can see the pictures online. You can Google them. He's still on the couch. There's blood everywhere. He's slumped over. It's really, really brutal. Yeah, it's he's covered in blood. And interestingly enough, his blood was still dripping and he was still kind of warm. So when, you know, people came to come help, it was obvious that he had been killed very recently. Like recently, recently, recently. Yeah. yeah. So that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, Lizzie, you know, had screamed, like, come help, come help, you know, my father's been killed, whatever. So Maggie comes running down, she's like, what's going on? And she is like, ah, and then, you know, she is sent to go get help. There's a neighbor that's a physician. They all come back, and then they're like, where's Abby? Mm -hmm. And this is when Lizzie's like, it's funny you mention that, because earlier that morning, a friend came by, and she was looking for Abby, and she said, can you come help me take care of my sick whatever? Like, her friend's whatever was sick. And so Abby left, like, a good old lady to go help take care of a sick friend. Cool. Apparently that wasn't true, because at this point, Lizzie was like, wait, I don't know where she is. She, like, took back that story and was like, just kidding, I actually don't know if that happened. Like, I, you know, she was clearly lying. And so Maggie and another neighbor were like, well, let's look upstairs, la la la. So they go and they walk up the stairs. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they're at the top of their stairs, they look and eye level with them is the guest bedroom where John Morse was staying. And there was Abby face down with her feet, like, facing the door. Mm -hmm. Face down in a pool of blood. And Mm -hmm. she was hit 18 times. And it looks like once over, like, the back of her head. Yeah. And then she fell. And the reason why they can tell this is because when they, you know, were looking at her body, she had facial bruising. Um, So it indicates that when she fell, she was still alive. So her body could cause the bruising. And then she was hit 17 more times. Probably dead by the third or fourth blow, they imagine. But she Mm -hmm. was hit 17 more times. Yeah. And they determined that she was killed first. Yep. Before her husband. And her death occurred between 9 and 10 a.m., roughly. Yeah. And that's interesting you say that because her blood was cold and congealed already. Mm -hmm. So she had been dead for, you know, a longer period of time. Yes. So that's interesting because that means, you know, when Andrew got home, Abby was already dead. Why did no one find her? Etc. Etc. Right. What the fuck is going on here? So weird. And I think this probably brings us to the point where everybody knows this rhyme. Everyone. 
Now, I think this is just something, maybe it's just like a New England thing, but there's this pretty popular rhyme mm-hmm. <laughs> that everyone knows. And Katie, would you do the honors? Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Andrew Borden now is dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven he will sing. On the gallows she will swing. Right. Now, there's a few things that are wrong with this. <laughs> first of all. First of all, Abby is not her mother. It's her stepmother. Yes. Although I can I can understand taking out the step part because it wouldn't really flow with the rhyme. Sure. Fair enough. <laughs> um, total. The numbers. The number of low. wax that are supposed to have happened, mm-hmm. I believe, equals like 82, 81, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clearly, from what we just told you, 18 and 11 does not equal... 82 wax. No. It equals 29. Yeah. That rhyme was something that the kids in Fall River had made up. And they were like, Lizzie Borden's crazy. Lizzie Borden attacked her parents. Right. And they, um, I heard a story where these kids would be outside playing like their rudimentary 1890s hopscotch or jump rope. And they'd all be chanting it and it would be right outside the house. That's so mean. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. But it also should be said, and they discovered this in their investigation, um, Abby and Andrew weren't killed with an axe. They were killed with a hatchet. Yeah. So basically this whole rhyme, while cutesy, is inaccurate. It's very inaccurate, yes. Yeah. Um, And what will also, there's another inaccuracy that we'll talk about in a few minutes that will be like, what? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so essentially now the Borden house is this huge crime scene. Yes. People are coming in and out. There's reporters. There's journalists. There's police officers there's the Borden family there's their family and friends you know they're coming in like looking at this crime scene tainting all the evidence oh my god of course I mean it's 1892 you're not gonna have people with caution tape and saying no DNA you know right it's not a thing so that's great um you know looky loos were there it's always it just that happens in these early cases there's Mm -hmm. no way you can Nosy ass neighbors. Yes. They're like walking through the house, mm-hmm. tracking blood, dirt, mm-hmm. cow manure, whatever. Right. You name it. Their own DNA. Yes. Ridiculous. Oh my God. So, you know, the police and neighbors came. Lizzie recounted that same stupid story that a sick friend um, had come and, you know, gotten Abby to come help. And she quote-unquote, wondered out loud if Abby had ever come home. And that's when they went up and found Abby. And we're like, oh, hey, there she is. You know, this is what really kills me is that all of the suspicion shifted towards Lizzie. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, she's acting super weird. Yeah. And her behavior leading up to this incident was also very much suspicious. Yeah. She was kind of... Uh, she was being kind of creepy. So I guess... Just the day before this incident happened, she had gone to Smith's drugstore to buy poison, and she said she needed prussic acid, which is a form of cyanide, fun fact. I use that often. She said she needed it to clean a cape that she owned. (laughs) Now, mind you, the fibers from her cape, Mm -hmm. it was like a fur or animal skin cape. It was very luxurious. Sure. But 
that is not something that you would clean with prussic acid. It would mm-hmm. be very damaging to the fibers. Yeah. So that story did not add up. Almost like using bleach on like a black coat kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's weird. Right. Or putting your leather coat in the washing machine. Like Ooh. it's not something you do. Yeah. She also burned one of her dresses several days afterward. <gasps> and she said it was stained with paint. Oh, old paint. I wonder what color that paint was. Hmm. <laughs> it was a blue dress, so whatever color it was, it probably stood out quite a bit. Mm. And she was seen burning this dress. Right. Like one of her neighbors or one of their friends, Alice Russell, she um had she was, you know, very upset and concerned for her friends and came and stayed that night that the Borden parents were murdered. You know, she was there to support her friends and then one day, a few days later, she comes downstairs and there's Lizzie burning her dress in the fucking oven she's like oh had paint on it i can never wear it again you know (laughs) rich people things i guess yep crazy interesting very interesting and this was brought up in trial oh yeah because that is kind of weird so later it was discovered that there was some hatchets downstairs in the cellar Mm -hmm. and it turns out there was one that they identified as the murder weapon because its um, handle was like clean, broken off. And I don't know how they could tell this, especially back then, but the way it was, it looked like it had been very recently like broken off. Wow. So they decided that that was the murder weapon. Now, to this day, it's still not 100% certain if that was the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. But based on like the lacerations and the size, they think that it, they're pretty sure it's a hatchet, not an axe. Again, contraindicating yes. the. <laughs> fucking nursery rhyme or whatever (laughs) um and initially the newspapers were like um it's very obvious that abby was killed by a man a taller man they said you know she was struck on the back of the head first so that might be why there didn't seem to be a scuffle which was also reported in the newspaper Mm -hmm. it seemed like you know nobody broke in it was just a normal day and that abby was just dead on the floor unsuspecting and that Andrew was probably sleeping when he died, like you said. Yeah. So they were like, um, there was no scuffle and that led them to the conclusion that it was probably someone that was already in the fucking house. For sure. Oh yeah. Now they originally were like, maybe it's this Portuguese laborer who was there uh, a few weeks prior and then he was, you know, sent home. They were, uh, you know, eventually were like, no, no, not him. Yeah. That was crazy because the Portuguese laborer, Jose Correa de Mello, He was a Portuguese immigrant, and there was another axe murder in Fall River five days before the start of Lizzie's trial, Mm -hmm. and it was a woman named Bertha Manchester, and she was hacked to death in her kitchen. So there were a lot of similarities between Bertha Manchester's case and the Borden's case. Mm -hmm. So they're like, what if there's a crazy axe man on the loose? Fair enough. But it was found out that this man was not in Fall River at the time of the Borden murders. Mm -hmm. He had come to Fall River afterwards. That's a good point, and that seems plausible Mm -hmm. you know maybe it wasn't just an isolated incident right so there was that there was the idea that okay maybe there is someone crazy going around or it just happened in the house yes there was a whole bunch of theories ultimately the evidence was mounting against lizzie Mm -hmm. it really was from the prussic acid like you said um burning a dress telling a fake story about Abby leaving to go help a sick friend when in reality she went upstairs to the guest room to spruce up some pillowcases. Weird. Right. And then the maid heard Lizzie upstairs because as she's struggling with the door, which I wonder if Lizzie jammed the door to keep her father from coming back. Maybe, yeah. 
Maggie heard Lizzie upstairs laughing at her yeah, yeah, when she was struggling creepy. with the door. That's creepy. And another thing, too, this was, this makes me, like, okay, she's guilty. Because she told the story that, you know, when her daddy got home, she helped him to the couch, you know. He was, like, 65, kind of old. She took off his boots for him, mm-hmm. and she let him rest. And she went out to the barn to go look for iron, quote-unquote, which, you know, for us, a layperson to the 1890s, like, went to look for iron. What the, what right, the, what fuck? the fuck is that? Apparently that means um, they're fishing weights. So my dad is a bass fisherman. Um, I imagine what she was talking about or what I'm picturing in my head are, they're called sinkers to this day. Okay, yeah. They're just used, like, on hooks to kind of, like, sink a bait if it's a certain bait. Because they're, my dad's going to be so proud of me. <laughs> because, you know, depending on the bait and what you're trying to fish, um... You either want your bait to float on top of the mm-hmm. water or you want it to be able to, you know, swim, quote unquote, through the water or go to the bottom of the riverbed, whatever, to yes. attract, like, whatever. So that's what she told investigators she was doing so conveniently between the time that, you know, Andrew got home and she tucked him in to when mm. she found him murdered. Mm. So what's interesting is that in the pictures, and you can see the pictures of Andrew Borden and um, Abby, of course, Mm -hmm. but Andrew Borden, he still has his boots on. He sure does. Mm. Interesting. A little little suspicious. Very much a web of lies. Oh my God, yeah. Like crazy. And then, you know, because of the mention of the poison that she wanted to buy, Um, It was actually discovered that once autopsies were done, they took their stomach contents. There was no poison. So, I mean, that's a conclusive fact. That kind Mm -hmm. of rests the case of her buying poison. Of course, she was denied the poison. Yes. Because back then, believe it or not, I don't know why, you had to have a prescription to get the poison. Uh-huh. This is like, <laughs> that's when they would have like heroin in uh, bottles. Give it to your teething baby. Like, oh mm-hmm. my god. Mother's milk. <laughs> Real cocaine and Coca Cola. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. oh my god. <laughs> so, you know, they need, she didn't have a prescription. Darn. So she had to go to her local PCP and get a, <laughs> get a prescription. But, you know, back then that probably took weeks. Anyway. Right. So there was no poison in their stomach. Um, so there's that. All right. So the trial of Lizzie Borden started with an inquest hearing on August 8th, Mm. 1982. Her behavior was reported as erratic, and she refused to answer any question, even if the answer would be beneficial to her. She was like, zip, zip the lips, throw away the key. She didn't want to talk. And then she contraindicated herself like a ton. You know, with the story of her stepmom going to get help for her sick friend, Mm -hmm. from taking the boots off of Andrew, to looking for iron. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Right. A web of lies. Mm -hmm. Completely. Now, on August 11th, 1892, Lizzie was served with an arrest warrant. She was thrown in jail. In Fall River, of course. Yes. Now, June 3rd, 1983, so now it's been almost a year, Mm -hmm. she's in jail. She's chilling. I don't know what she's doing. Probably just being... She always... And you see these pictures of her... She has a perpetual scowl on her face. She really does. She always looks like she has resting bitch face. Oh my god, of course, yes. Yeah. And, oh, I'm so mean, but I don't think she was a very pretty woman. (laughs) I can't say anything, you know, but she was just kind of homely. Yeah, like masculine features too, kind of. Yeah, she does kind of have masculine features. Mm -hmm. And of course that doesn't make her ugly, but her facial expressions were always like, 
I wish I could. This was a visual podcast. <laughs> There'll be a picture of her up on our Instagram. Yeah, and you you guys have probably seen her. I mean, she's famous. This she's is so famous. famous. Case, but she's just, like, not attractive. But that doesn't mean she deserved to be in jail. Right. Unless she really did kill her parents, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, mm. so the trial, it goes on. It happens in New Bedford, Mass. And um, her jury consisted of all white men, which is not uncommon. Right. Back then, that probably changed in like the 1980s when there could finally be women and people of color right. on the jury. Like, sure. <laughs> so, you know, it was typical for the day. Now, it's so interesting that you mentioned this because you said that five days before the trial started, there was that other axe murder. Yes. So now the jury had that in their head too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Lizzie's been in jail this whole time and there was another axe murder. Mm-hmm. Weird. But also, again, it wasn't an axe murder for Lizzie Borden. It was um, hatchets, but that's neither here nor there. We don't need to get into the details of the differences between a standard axe and the modern-day hatchet or whatever. Um, So, yeah, that was crazy, and that might have done some convincing of the jury. For sure. And this jury, I will say, was very sexist in the Mm -hmm. sense where they felt as though a nice Christian girl (laughs) who volunteered with her church and did all this good and delivered flowers and Thanksgiving dinners to the poor and sickly, Mm -hmm. as they referred to this in the article I read, they thought that a woman, first of all, did not have the brute strength it took to hatchet murder two adults, one being a grown man. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And so this jury was like, there's no way such a sweet little Christian woman in a wealthy household could have done such a thing. Oh, me. Oh, my. Wouldn't that be crazy? um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's a little sexist, but um, might have helped her case, so sure, I guess. Um, That's crazy. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Bullshit. That's ridiculous. You know, and then, of course, the whole thing with Alice Russell seeing her burn the dress... That was a huge point of testimony. The hatchet they found without the handle, which they, you know, speculated was because maybe um, it had blood on it, so she got rid of it kind of thing. Um, That was kind of mounting to Lizzie as well. And then there's a man, and God, I love his name. (laughs) Hyman Lubinsky. Oh, my God. God, he was was a real man. Jesus. Um, He testified that he saw Lizzie leaving the barn at around roughly 11.03 a.m. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if that's the case, then she can't have done it. Because if she was looking for iron in the barn, like she said, okay, that corroborates that. So good old Hyman, always stepping up to the plate. So crazy. Oh, and then, of course, one of the most pivotal moments from this trial was the actual skulls of Andrew and Abby. Why was this pivotal? Because when she saw the skulls, Lizzie fainted. And so this, of course, brought so much sympathy from not only the crowd, but the jurors. They were like, she's so upset by this view. She fainted. There's no way she did it. Right. What are we, as the court system, putting this innocent girl through to have to look at the bludgeoned skulls of her deceased parents that were murdered in cold blood? So the court's like, oh my gosh, this is just so awful. Why did we do that to her, the poor thing? Fucking crazy. Insanity. And it's crazy. You can see the skulls online as Mm -hmm. well. It's, ooh, they were really fucking done bad. Oh, yeah. It's interesting to look at. 
um, especially when you see the pictures of them lying dead in their pools of blood and stuff. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy shit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty damning evidence, but, you know, she fainted. And then, of course, the mention of her trying to buy cyanide didn't help. (laughs) Yeah. So, Emma Borden, her sister, of course, testified on Lizzie's behalf. She wasn't there that day, but she was like, my sister would never do that. That was nice. Yeah. Good hmm. sisterly thing to do. La la la. Curious. The maid testified as well. Oh. Yeah. Maggie. Very interesting. Yeah. What did she say? She backed Lizzie's story and she was like, you know, I was sleeping upstairs and Lizzie called me and was like, come quick. Mm-hmm. Come quick. You have to come help me. Yeah. Just crazy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Crazy shit. She and had a lot of people in her corner. Yeah. Surprisingly. Despite all of the mounting evidence against our friend Lizzie Borden, she was acquitted on June 20th, 1893. That's crazy. Holy fuck. Now you and I are sitting here baffled by that. Mm-hmm. Because she absolutely did it. Hello? Absolutely. And that's another thing with the nursery rhyme that's wrong because she's not swinging from any kind of gallow because she wasn't sentenced to the death penalty yeah. because she was deemed innocent. Right. And until I listened to the My Favorite Murder episode last year when it came out, mm-hmm. I was under the impression that Lizzie Borden was guilty. Yes. Because that's what the, the rhyme leads you to believe. Of course. No, no. She was fucking acquitted and she was let go. Yep, and when she was leaving the courtroom, she told reporters she was, quote, the happiest woman in the world. Oh, so nice, because your parents are dead. Red flag. (laughs) Red flag. Now, this was her chance, because her her dad was dead, Mm -hmm. and all of his property would have gone to Abby. But Abby was also dead, so all of his money and his property went to Lizzie and Emma. And those girls were like, yeehaw! They were so excited, and they promptly moved out of the Borden home. Oh, they sure fucking did. They moved into a newer home in an upscale Fall River neighborhood known as The Hill, with indoor plumbing and lots of help. Uh, They loved that. They were so fucking excited. And Lizzie actually changed her name. She was going by Lizbeth. Not Elizabeth. No, Lizbeth. L-I-S-B-E-T-H. Which, as an Elizabeth myself, I'm like... Can you not? That's like a bougie ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's a neighborhood f- name for the hills. Like, yes. That's, come on now. Right, they're locked upscale neighborhood. Ugh. And this was in an attempt to distance herself from the murders because she was a national sensation at this time. Absolutely. So famous. And everybody in Fall River was like, no fucking way. Lizzie did it. Lizzie's mm-hmm. guilty. This is crazy. And she yeah. was outcast. Yeah, naturally. Mm-hmm. I think even if she was, you know, she was... I think even though she was not guilty, quote unquote, mm-hmm. she still would have gotten shit no matter what. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, uh, I mean, you and I know that she did it. I'm sure a lot of the townspeople were like, "No, she did it." Right. Like, Y'all, she did it. So eventually, you know, she lived with Emma. They were sisters for life, and they lived in this new house. Never married. Never had children. Until they weren't sisters for life. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a couple theories as to what happened, but one of the articles I read that I think was pretty... Factual? Factual, yes, thank you. Sure. Um, So Emma distanced herself from Lizbeth, Lizzie, after they ran into one another at a party, and Lizzie was throwing this party for an actress, Nance O'Neill. You can Google her, very famous. Sure. This was in 1905, and Emma and Lizzie got into a fight, and it was rumored that Lizzie and Nance were having an affair. Ooh. 
Saucy. And this was not the first time that Lizzie was accused of having an affair because while the murder trial was going on and, you know, the aftermath, it was rumored that Lizzie was having an affair with Maggie, a.k.a. Bridget, her maid. Ooh, also saucy. Yeah. Now, in 1905, that would be extremely scandalous. Oh, yes. Two women having an affair. Mm -hmm. God forbid. God forbid. Yep. So, obviously, this caused some distance between... Lizzie and her sister because not to be gross but Emma was homophobic as fuck yep so if that was the case um well she this is when they had a falling out yeah and they didn't speak again after that actually ever Mm -hmm. they completely distanced themselves from each other really sad honestly it is kind of sad because I mean you know up until that point they were it was just the two of them, really. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, when they were still under their parents' care because they never liked their stepmom. It was really just the two of them. Yeah. So that was really sad. And what's the most sad? This made me like, oh, so sad. Um, in June of 1927, Lizzie Borden died of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Now, this, of course, up until this point, since 1905, they her and Emma had never spoke again. So that's really sad. Lizzie died having lost that connection with her sister. Mm-hmm. But what breaks my heart is that just nine days later, Emma died of chronic nephritis, which for those of you who aren't nurses like me and Katie, <laughs> that's just, um, it's a kidney disease. Yeah. So I think the fact that they died nine days apart is like, holy shit. So sad. And they were buried side by side in the Oak Grove Cemetery in Fall River. So sad. Mm-hmm. So sweet, almost. Like the it family. is. Yeah. It's really sad. It is pretty sad. Um, fun fact, Bridget Sullivan, the <gasps> Borden's maid, yeah. a.k.a. Maggie, she found other employment after the murders, and she married a man she met while she was working all the way in Butte, Montana, as a maid. Ooh. She died in 1948, and she allegedly gave a deathbed confession to her sister. What? And she said that she changed her testimony on the stand in order to protect Lizzie Borden. Whoa. Which would mean that what Maggie said was that Lizzie did indeed kill her stepmother and her father. Oh, shit. Would not be surprised by that. Nope. Um, So some of the theories as to what happened and why Lizzie wanted to kill her parents were the financial strain, Mm -hmm. um, the arguments that they talked about with finances. You know, Lizzie and Emma felt as though they were entitled to her father's money that he was spending on Abby, which is valid. Yeah. Um, So there's a theory that Lizzie killed her dad and Abby to get the money that she was entitled to because she knew she wouldn't get it otherwise. Right. Um, some believe that her father was sexually abusing her and she wanted revenge. Oh my god. Um, there's no evidence pointing towards that, but then Mm -hmm. again, there would not be any evidence back then because that was not something that was spoken about or reported at all. Right. Um, and there's also a theory that she just hated them. Yeah. And it's very ironic that she used a hatchet because that's what her father used to (gasps) behead and bludgeon her pigeons. Yeah. I mean, realistically, all signs point to her. Hello! And yeah. that last point gave me chills. Like, that's mm-hmm. genuinely... Holy fuck. If that Hi. If that doesn't fucking tell you that she did it, mm-hmm. I don't know what does. Nope. Um, and today, the house where the Borden murders took place is a bed and breakfast. Cool. They do daytime tours, and they do overnight stays. You can book a room. No, thank you. Um, it's on our list of places to go for a true crime New England field trip. Absolutely. Not staying overnight. Nope. Absolutely the fuck not. No, thank you. Nope. No. Um, my friend went to the house, actually, and stayed overnight, <gasps> and she heard screams ah! coming from the room next to her. Ah! 
So her and her sister ran, and they're banging on the door, checking on them. There was a group of girls in the room, Mm -hmm. and they opened the door, and one of the girls was bleeding from her (gasps) arm. She'd been scratched. They were playing a Ouija board. Dumbasses. Inside the Borden house where these murders took place. Dumb. I'm so... Why why would you do that? Are you fucking serious? Yep. Do they want to be murdered? That's what I'm saying. No, thank you. Um, and fun fact, there actually was another set of murders that took place in the Borden home. What? Before the Bordens moved in. Oh. There was a mother, I believe, she murdered her children. Oh my god, that's so awful. So when you go tour, the tour guide will say, okay guys, we're going up these stairs. A lot of people will hear a little boy calling for his mom. That's awful. And my friend heard it. Ah! Mm-hmm. And the tour guide's like, all right, keep walking. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't acknowledge don't it. Just pay keep attention. walking. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we go, Liz, we're not staying overnight. We'll go um, in, in the middle of the afternoon when it's really bright outside. Perfect. 3 p.m. Perfect. <laughs> Peak, Peak sun. Day- <laughs> Peak daylight hours. <laughs> I love it. That's crazy. Yeah. But that is the iconic case of Lizzie, Lizzie Borden. Borden. Crazy. Everyone mm-hmm. knows it. Yeah. It's crazy. So we thought that would be a great way to end our Halloween, October party of spookiness Mm -hmm. TM. Yes. So thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at truecrimeny. All lowercase. And you can email us at truecrimeny at gmail.com. And you can find us on our website at truecrimeny.com. And you can use our handy-dandy submission tool to send us a story or cases mm-hmm. if you want to. You can put your name. You cannot put your name. Mm-hmm. Keep it anonymous. Yeah. We can cover it on the podcast. We cannot cover it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you just want to share, yeah. let us know. Share your stories. It's so exciting because we've had a few submissions and I get so They're all excited. so good. <laughs> I get so excited so to read good. them. And we put a lot of work into that website, guys. Mm-hmm. So Blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Truly. So if you guys could just check it out, you know, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you guys could give us reviews online, um, especially on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. Yeah. We love it. We love to see it. We love your honest feedback. We're always looking to improve and reach the most people as possible. Um, so we appreciate you guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome. And with that, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Thank you.